Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. I tell you what, I almost didn't, I almost thought, Lord, should I even preach this? Because it's already been preached. My whole message today has already been preached. It was in, in, in every song. It was almost in every single song. Now, I had this awesome message. I've been holding on to this message for the longest time. I haven't preached it. The last time I preached it, I believe, was at Portland Victory Fellowship where we first met. It's that long ago, and it was on David and Goliath, and and I had this this we used to have this pastor there, his old old time pastor. This guy was really something else. I mean, he, he he impacted me immensely, and he told me when I got done with that sermon that it was the best sermon he ever heard on David and Goliath, which I thought I mean I was overwhelmed because this guy was like eighty years old at the time, his old Pentecostal preacher, and I thought I'm going to do that again, and and. Um, and then I was all ready. I had this thing all ready to go, and then I had no peace about it. I was like, what in the world? And then I look online, and uh, Amdow, where are you, Amdow? You were preaching on David and Goliath, and he's preaching on David and Goliath. So then I thought, well, that's why God doesn't want me to do it, because they've already been doing it. And so, you know, so then I, uh, uh, Annie had mentioned to me, you know, that thing you preached about here a while back, and, and she says, you need to do that. Well, that was only one part of all of this. And so I, I, I just trying to follow God here. And so that's why I went with this. This I actually got from a book. Uh, well, it was inspired from a book by Brother Hagen called What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. And so I've got this sermon. So uh, and it's on trust. So it's T-R-U-S-T, trust. And so we're going to do an acronym here. I'm going to get through this thing. I want to get through this thing. And, uh, uh, you know, Jason uh, said, how long do I, you know, I'll do it. I will do it. I, I, uh, when, when, when I'm preaching in prison, I only got so much time, and, and I can do it because I can be really long-winded. Father God, we thank you right now. We thank you for your holy written word. We thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We thank you, Lord, that our heart is good soil, ready to receive the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And that, Lord, it will be planted in our hearts. And, Lord, we will not just be hearers, but we will be doers of your word. For it's the doer that is blessed. And, Father God, we will produce fruit for your kingdom, 30, 60, even 100-fold. And all the people said... Amen. All right. So T, T, take him at his word. Take him at his word. In Joshua 23, if you look in Joshua 23, 14, or else if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go in them, into them and they to you. We got the right one. Yeah, 14, 14, yeah, 23, 14, 23, 14. I got it, I 
dead air. There we are. Behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. This is Joshua. He says his farewell speech. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. God cannot fail. We were singing about he'll never let go. He'll never let me down. He'll never let me down. Then you stole. She was stealing some of my thunder. You stole some of my thunder. And, and, and it's okay. It's all good. But God cannot fail. We have to take him at his word. Amen. You've got to. Listen, when you're going through a tough time, you've got nothing else but to hold on to God. I mean, we, we, had, we were golfing yesterday, and we, this guy came alongside of us. It's an amazing, amazing story. I'm not going to get into it. But I had to tell this guy, listen, in the darkest hour, in the brightest hour, you got to hold on to God. you got to hold on to him. You say, oh, Pastor Steve, I've never had a dark hour. Well, it, you may. You may, and you're going to have to hold on and know that he cannot fail. It's impossible for God to fail. You know, in Matthew 23, Jesus said, don't worry. Three or four times there, he says in Matthew 6, he says, don't worry. Look at the birds get fed. They get fed. God provides for them. He provides for the birds. He provides. He clothes the lily of the field. Does he not do it? Will he not do it for you? So don't worry. You say, well, I, I've, got, I've got bills to pay. So do I. I've got this. I got this. I got this. You could go on a, a list of things. And Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. In fact, what you need to do is you need to stop worrying. In fact, there's a video uh, that we have right here about the, a guy talking about how to stop worrying. So, well, tell, me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well... I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No, no, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most We find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, here, you're there. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes, S-T-O-P, new word, IT. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, 
I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, 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 you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it. I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop. <laughs> so I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good girl. Well, it's only been it's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't I don't make change. Then I I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! <laughs> Not of some kind? Don't, don't do that. But I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me fatty. No, no, no. No, we, we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say... We definitely don't go there. Just, just stop it. What, what, what else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> you you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. <laughs> don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you you kook! Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's what's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that. No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you 10 words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here are the 10 words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. Stop worrying. Jesus said, don't worry. Stop it. Amen. Trust God. Amen. Now look at look at 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, 11. This is a faithful saying. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. It's who he is. It's in his DNA. We sang it. God is faithful. 
God is always faithful. He's never been unfaithful. That's why the first thing you do in coming to trust God is take him at his word. Just take him at his word. And, you know, here's the problem I think that we have. You know, it's one that I didn't necessarily have but uh, because I had a great dad. But people had, see God through their human experience. They say oh, they had a bad dad. They had a dad that wasn't, you know, uh, reliable. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. And so then they equate God like that. But that's not how God is. Amen. God is always good and he's always faithful. Now, this is a great verse that I remember when I was doing this. And I thought, this is perfect because God is not a man. See, we, we try and equate God on human terms, but he's not. He's a good, good father. Always, never fails. Always faithful. So in, in, in uh, uh, Numbers 23 and verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. How many here have lied? All right, you're not God. Oh, we have some, people didn't raise their hand. I thought everybody lied, but maybe not. And then uh, that he shall like, nor is the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? There you go. Take him at his word. Amen. He's faithful, so take him at his word. Next one, R. R means to rest. To rest in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. It says here, in Hebrews 4, 1, so the rest of God, how many know there is a rest in God? In, in Hebrews 4, 1, it says this, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest you fear, uh, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Number one, know this, there is a promise of a rest. Verse 2, for indeed, the gospel is preached to us as well as to them, speaking of the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So they had good news preached to them. What was there? Because that's the gospel. Gospel means good news. They had good news preached to them. What was the good news? That you are going into a land of milk and honey. You're coming out of the land of bondage of Egypt and slavery. You're coming into a good land. In fact, there's, there's trees. There's, there's uh, uh, orchards ready for you. There's houses. This is, is going to be awesome. It's wonderful. And then it says there that it did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. They didn't believe and we enter his rest when we take him at his word. You simply take him at his word. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I, I'm, and then I rest. I just wait. Whatever it is I'm believing for, I rest and trust God. He's going to come through. There's no way that he won't come through. But why? Because he can't. It's, it's not in his DNA. He, I've got to take him and trust him that he is faithful. And then in verse 6. He says, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it first preached did not enter it. Why? Because of disobedience. See, you can't enter that rest in disobedience. And the disobedience can come, well, I just don't trust God. Well, now you're, now you're in disobedience. I'm not taking him at his word, so I'm not believing him. So now I'm in doubt and unbelief. I don't want to be there. Amen? I'm going to take him very simply that what his word says that he will do. When we don't obey him, uh, that, that's, that's the disobedience. When we do take him at his word, there's a rest. There's a rest of faith. And then in verse 9, 
Again, he says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. There's a rest in obedience. There's a rest in faith. I mean, you know what the most simple equation for what faith is. This is the simplest to me, and I'm a simple man. It's the simplest equation for what faith is. You believe something. You can believe something. That's not faith. When you believe something and you act on that faith, uh, on that belief, that is faith. It's faith with a, cor- a belief with a corresponding action. That is faith. F- belief plus action equals faith. It's that simple. It's not complicated. And so when we enter that, when we believe God, we act on it, then we rest knowing that he is faithful. We can take him at his word. Amen? The next one, I'm getting through this pretty good. Praise God. Is you. Now I'm going to, there's a quiz to see if you remember what the five uh, uh, letters stand for. So you better listen up there. Zach. Only Zach. He's in school. So, you know, you got to grill him. Understanding. You is understanding. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. So lean not on your understanding. Doesn't mean that you can't have understanding. It's like this pulpit here. Don't put all of what you're trusting God for on your understanding. Don't lean on it. All your understanding, that all your weight is on what you think God's going to do or what you're believing for. And all your understanding, all your weight, all you're leaning on is your understanding, not his. See, because he will give you understanding in the situation that you're in. All you got to do is ask for it. See, because we, we start trying to figure it out out of our head, and then we go all kinds of different rabbit trails, when what we need to do is just go to his word, because his word says, ask for understanding, seek for understanding, seek for knowledge, and, and then wisdom will come. Amen? So you want to do that. You don't want to lean all on yours. When it comes to trusting God and you can't figure it out, then wait on him until he gives you the understanding. You know, when I first got saved, I knew, I I was like, man, this world is screwed up. I knew it was screwed up before, but when I got saved, I mean, Jesus literally opened up my eyes and I realized what darkness I was in. I couldn't believe the darkness that I was in. I really saw Jesus is the light of the world. And so I started wondering, why is everything so screwed up? And then I started reading, I was reading in Romans. And in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, Paul describes why man is the way he is. And he goes through there and he just shows that he made himself evident to all men by putting the knowledge of himself in men. See, I'm reading this book. I'm almost done. It's taking me forever to get through it, but uh, on the Lewis and Clark journey. And and uh, they, uh, now, now I'm trying to think of what I, what was I talking about? The, the, uh, the, oh, yes. The, they, when they came in to the Indian tribes, 
of northern Idaho and, and Montana, when they came through there, they knew, these Indian tribes knew of a great spirit. How would they know that? Because God put it in them. They looked up at the stars and they go, man didn't do this. They, they, they looked at, uh, you know, even Lewis and, you know, they weren't necessarily believers, but they were amazed at the plains and the, 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 it, it, the immensity of the wildlife. I mean, they would come up on a, on a shoreline. They'd, they'd park their, you know, their canoe, their rafts, whatever they had, and they'd walk up and they'd get up. And there are different times, and these are, these are in their journals, and they would look and as far as they could see across the plains before they hit the Bitterroot, as far as they could see in different places, buffalo, elk, deer, pronghorn, scattered just as far as he could see. Isn't that amazing? And the Indians depended on that, and they knew that, that man was not their source, that the great spirit was. See, because God placed that in every man, the knowledge of himself. And then Paul says there that the, the, the truth of God is in every man. It's trying to come up, but he says that men suppress the truth. So it's trying to rise up, but they're suppressing it. How many of you ever played ball in a, uh, taking a ball in a swimming pool? My parents had a swimming pool. My brother and I, we used to love to take a, a, a ball, one of the, you know, and push it down into the, into the uh, pool and then let go and watch it just shoot up into the air. Well, that's what suppressing is. We were suppressing that ball, holding it down till it came up. And see, the world has a knowledge of God, but they suppress it and hold it down so it won't come up. And when you let it come up and acknowledge God for who he is, then light comes, illumination comes, and you go, oh, my gosh, he's the creator. He's everything. And you find out who Jesus is and you go, he's, he's my everything. And, and, and so truth, I gained understanding by going to the word. Go to the word and you will get understanding. When you're trying to, and when you're in a tough place, faith seems weak, victory loss, go to the word, get understanding. And God will see you through it. Amen? And then there's S. Speech, speech, Proverbs 18, 21. I actually did all these five in five weeks, so I'm condensing this. Are you getting, are you liking it? Okay, good, because I see people writing notes and that's just great. Proverbs 18, 20, a lot of you have probably heard this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? And those who love it will eat its fruit. It's just simple. Positive words equal life. Negative words equal death. It's that simple. That's why it's so important to encourage people. What does it do? It brings life. I was here about, oh, I think two years ago, and uh, I had this sermon called, Get Out Your Pom-Poms. And... And I got to, see, see M. Dow remembers. And, and, uh, and I knew, I remembered, what's that? I got, they were, they were, uh, uh, they were Megan's. They were Megan's because Megan was a little, little cheerleader gal. And so, and she's not here, doggone it. 
because I had to make fun of her. But, but she had those pom-poms, and I was shaking those pom-poms, you know. And, and it's like, you know, like, like pom-poms, like you want to say, Josh, you are awesome. That was a great word today. I mean, and, and doggone your guitar playing makes me mad because I can't play like that. But, <laughs> but it's great, you know. M-Dow, like I, I, I blessed M-Dow. I said, man, your bass playing's become, you know. And I remember my daughter that was, that was ba- uh, the, the, the wedding, is to, you know, the anniversary, she's the babysitter. Steffi used to babysit you. And, and so, you know, you want to encourage people, amen? And, and what does it do? It brings life to them. It brings life to them. And listen to this. Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Because, you know, flattery works ruin. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me. I hate that one. Uh, and, and, And I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Amen? You know, like I, you know who I'd like to encourage? I'd like to encourage this lady. When I first met her, when was that? Was that five years ago or so? You know, and she came in the office there, and she says, I'm Kirsty, and, and she goes, it's Kirsty like thirsty. And I go, okay, I'll remember that. And then we had this, this uh, you know, we had a God encounter and everything, and I just told her, man, you got the most awesome smile. I, t- I told her, she, I mean, her smile lightens my world. It just brightens. Every time I come here, I can't wait to see Kirsty and get that smile. What does that do to her? <laughs> She don't forget Pastor Steve. Amen? It's, it's well, it is hard. Check this out. I, I'm going to get to this. I, I, I didn't know if I had time, but it's worth it. This is a story about a girl. And she had grown up knowing that she was different from all the other kids, and she hated it. She was born with a speech impediment and had to bear the jokes and stares of cruel children who teased her nonstop about her garbled speech. With all the teasing, Mary grew up hating the fact that she was different. She was convinced that no one outside her family could ever love her until she entered Mrs. Leonard's class. I hope I can get through this thing every time I, every time I do this. You know. Mrs. Leonard had a warm smile, a round face, shiny brown hair. While everyone in her class liked her, Mary came to love Mrs. Leonard. In the 1950s, that's when I went to school, uh, so that give you an idea how old I am. It was common for teachers to give their children an hour hearing test, an annual hearing test. However, in Mary's case, in addition to her speech impediment, she was barely able to hear out of one ear. Determined not to let the other children have another difference to point out, she would cheat on the test each year. The whisper test was given to, uh, to a, a child, and they would walk to, uh, uh, up to the classroom door, turn sideways, and, she, and, and close one ear with a finger, and then repeat what the teacher whispered. Mary turned to her bad ear towards her teacher and pretended to cover her good ear. She knew that teachers would often say things like, the sky is blue. What color are your shoes? But not on that day. Surely, God had given seven words in Mrs. Leonard's mouth that changed Mary's life forever. When the whisper test came, Mary heard the words, I wish you were my little girl. That changed your life. That'll change your life. You know, you can change people's lives. 
You can change people's lives. It's amazing what you can do. I, 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 I'm just going to share this. Man, uh, this is an amazing story. Get it out of there. So we had a, um, Annie, get, get your phone for, for your, the message from Ariana. So we had a young girl that lived next, that moved into our neighborhood, three doors down, a Mormon family. How many know we're in pretty thick Mormon country here? And, uh, and she was a Mormon girl, and she'd come over to our house, and her and Steffi just became the best of friends. They went to high school together and, uh, and uh, sang in choir, I think, together. And, you know, we never told her, you know, you know, you need to get out of the Mormon church because it's a cult. And, you know, you're going to die and go to hell. It, we never did that. But we invited her to church, and she invited Steffi to church. And I said, yeah, go. And people are like, you're going to let her go to a, a Mormon church? And I go, yeah, she'll be fine. Trust me. I know my Steffi. Okay, she'll be just fine. And so she can handle it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Emmy. <laughs> and so... So she went to the church, and then we just loved on her. We just tried to be Jesus to her. And on Father's Day, she sent uh, Annie, she sent Annie this, this message. Good morning, Miss Annie. I don't know that I've ever thanked your family, so I'd like to now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for setting a good example of what being a Christian looks like and for inviting me to church. Your family's kindness has resonated with me through the years, and I only hope I can emulate God's love to those around me the way you did with me. Happy Sunday and happy Father's Day. And then she sent this to Steffi. How many dry eyes we got in here? Yeah. Hey, you. Just wanted to say thank you this Sunday morning for being the first friend to invite me to Christian service. I never understood why it made me emotional as a kid. Now I get it. Love you. God is good. She got born again. Steffi said, what does she call a girl dude? I don't get that. Dude. I love you so much. My family and I never stop praying for you and never will stop. I know it isn't an easy road, but there's nothing like the peace of God and knowing no matter what that and knowing no matter what that you are loved. He has a plan and a purpose for you and that you are never alone. Encouraging. Speech. Amen. Listen, there are times when you you know, those are great stories about encouraging how you can encourage others. But listen, there's going to be a time where you're going to need to encourage yourself. See, in 1 Samuel 30, and I'll just, we won't read it. I'll just give you the sketch of it. So 1 Samuel 30, Sam, uh, uh, David and all his men, they were, you know, roaming the countryside, running around, you know, fighting Philistines and running away from, da uh, da uh, what's his face, Saul. And they came to this town. They left their children, their wives and children at a town called Ziklag. And, they, and when they came back, the, the uh, Philistines, they came in there and they took all, they took everything. They took the children. They took the wives. They took everybody, burned the town, burned their encampment. And they were just distraught. It says they wept so hard because their children and wives were gone. They had nothing left in them to cry anymore. And then they wanted to kill David. And they start blaming him. 
And so what do the Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6? It says that David went to the Lord and he encouraged himself. He spoke out of his mouth. When faith seemed weak and victory lost, he spoke to himself. And he said to himself, God is my strength. I love thee, O Lord, for you are my strength. You are my high tower. I run to you and I am safe. You are my deliverer. You are my fortress. You are my, you are my God. You are my rock. And he spoke it out of his mouth. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And when you, you may not be going through a rough time now, but surely there will be one that will come. And that's when you've got to say out of your mouth, God is for me. Who can be against me? God is my rock. God is my salvation. What can man do to me? I will not fear man, but I will trust in the Lord my God because he cannot fail me. You got to say it. You got to get it out of your mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. And with that, we go to the last one. T. T. Where are you, T? After you have trusted, after you have taken him at his word, you've rested in faith. You've, you're not leaning on your understanding solely. You, are, you, have, you have spoken words of encouragement to yourself. Then you do, what do you do? You thank him. You thank him. You know, we got here and we were in prayer, and then Jason gets up and he says, I just think that we ought to just think about something and start thanking God. And we're going, God, everybody's thinking. And then you started, you stole too. We got a bunch of thieves in here. And no, we don't. It was all good. And that's why God wanted me to reinforce it, reinforce everything. I'm, you know, when those run, nuns, uh, I, I was taught by nuns. Thank you, Jesus. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I got beat up by a nun. I had it coming. I mean, she was she was slapping me like this. She was slapping me across like that and then back in. Let me show you, Zach. Okay. I came in, I came back in the classroom and my face was just beat red. And my buddy who was who was in, involved in the crime with me, and he looked at me and he was like, Oh man, this isn't good. This isn't good. And she got a hold of him and she had him up against the gymnasium wall and she grabbed and she was just boom. Bang, bang. I think it, it, corporal punishment will do something to you, I'm telling you. <laughs> but we need to thank him. You know, it, it, the, the reason I brought up the, the, the nuns and, and, and reinforcement is you didn't learn your multiplication tables one time. You didn't learn that. You went over it. Those nuns, they ran it over and over and over. We're going to repeat them again, Chucky. And, and I had, we had this nun, she called us Chucky. And... and uh, <laughs> And if you didn't, you know, you want to know why I'm so loud? Because if, I, if we didn't enunciate, she took a piece of chalk and broke it and made you open up your mouth and hook the cock right inside between your teeth. She says, enunciate, I can't hear you. Well, she never did it to me because I, I, I grew up in a loud family. But you need to thank him. Philippians 4, what does it say? It says, don't be anxious. Again, don't worry. But in all things through prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. 
let it out. Thank God. When you've prayed, you've taken him at his word, you're resting in faith, you're not leaning on your understanding, you've spoken words of faith, now thank him. That's the highest form of when you're really in faith is you're thanking him because you believe that the things that you ask for, he's coming through. When we have our prayer on Wednesday nights, we always end it with just thanksgiving. Why? Because we believe that when we pray, we have received what we've prayed for. It's just what Jesus said in Mark 11. He says, believe that you have received. If you believe you have received, then thank him. Thank him. Just be overflowing with gratitude. Look at uh, in, um, what's the, what's the verse I had there, Josh? I think I had uh, um, uh, Colossians 2. Uh, 2-7, rooted, the, the, the verse right before that says, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By faith. How do I walk in him? By faith. Rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith as you have been taught, abounding in that faith with thanksgiving. I tell you what, if you live a life of thanksgiving, you will never, you will walk in peace and joy. It's just to be thankful to always say, you know, we like to say it at the Southeast Christian Center all the time, and you hear it all the time, just like Ariana said, God is good. Always confirming, always assuring yourself, always saying, God is good. And then Colossians 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. And very simply, be thankful. Just be thankful. It's not a hard thing. God's not asking for a, you know, when in, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul just said, all that you've got, and you know what? Just be thankful. You, go, you know, we ought to be the most thankful people on the planet. I mean, I am so thankful that he took me out of, out of drug addiction, he took me out of a criminal lifestyle, all of that stuff, I'm just so thankful. I'm never, you know, to me, I like to keep it fresh and alive and just always thinking. I, I, I try and don't always do it, but for years, I would just go to bed and I would put my head to the pillow and I'd just thank you, God, for saving me. I mean, I almost died. I mean, it's just thank you, God, for saving me. Just thank you. Thank you. My wife doesn't have my testimony, and thank God she doesn't. I mean, she grew up in church, uh, uh, and, and she's got the most wonderful testimony because she didn't experience what I did, and she's just as thankful as I am. Maybe more so. I don't know. So I want to pray right now. T-R-U-S-T. Take him, rest, understanding, speech, and thankfulness. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Steve, I, I can so relate to either one of all of those. If you're in a place where faith seems weak and victory lost, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray the, Ephesians, the, the prayer that Paul prayed in Colossians. And he said this. And so if that's you, you can raise your hand. It doesn't matter because I'm not looking. I'm going to pray this prayer for you. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing 
in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, with all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Father, I thank you that you will increase their knowledge of who you are, that they will understand that they're not, that you are not a earthly father. You are a heavenly father. You are worth trusting. You are worth knowing. You are worth understanding. Thank you, Lord, for doing what cannot be done through psychosis, through anything else, through man's uh, wisdom, but only through the wisdom that comes from you and your word. And we thank you, Father. Change lives, Lord. Break chains as we prayed, as we sang before. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for doing it. And to your glory, in Jesus' name. And every said, amen. Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.